Hello, and welcome to Talk Steam to Me, a podcast by Spyrax Sarco. We are the world's leaders in steam technology, offering the industry's most extensive range of products and services across a variety of industries. We create solutions that set the benchmark for steam using organizations worldwide, working with you to improve productivity, save energy, and reduce waste. In this episode of Talk Steam to Me, Spyrex Arco Steam experts Eric and Tyler discuss how to save energy and improve sustainability in the boiler house. Other topics talked about include the benefits of capturing flue exhaust, as well as the different types of steam, including superheated steam and the applications for it. All the topics discussed in this episode can be tailored to your needs. If you'd like to speak to your local STEAM expert, get in touch today via our website at spirexarco.com slash US. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Eric Delas Briella. I am the product manager for controls and instrumentation, and I've been with Spirexarco for about four years now. I've had several different roles within the company, including R&D, outside sales, and most recently part of the application engineering department with my fellow podcast guest, Tyler. You want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Tyler? Of course. Obviously, my name's Tyler. I've been with Spyrex Sarco for about six months now as an application engineer. And while I'm relatively new to the company, I'm not new to STEAM. I was in the U.S. Navy for six years as a nuclear machinist mate, where I served on board the USS Theodore Roosevelt, a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier. And there, I operated and did maintenance on all various components that consisted in the STEAM loop. Yeah, it's a super cool background. Thanks for sharing. What made you choose Spyrex from the Navy? Well, generally, I find steam and power generation very interesting, and I wanted to find somewhere that I can try and apply everything that I've learned from the Navy and uh, just keep going with it. I also wanted to find somewhere that recognized the importance of minimizing waste and the, the environment and continuing with sustainability efforts. Yeah, I bet making sure you weren't wasteful on the ship using and making sure you were as effective as possible was super important albeit that ship must have been as big as a floating island <laughs> yes i mean it's definitely related to as such and while at sea everything was limited including the water we used because we had to create our own potable water out of the salt water and the seawater was also used as a cooling method for everything so in some parts of the world during the summer seawater could be as high as 90 degrees or more and it just made it a requirement to make sure everything was efficient, just to make sure we could operate properly. Yeah, 90 degrees, that's really hot. It doesn't even seem enjoyable to swim in. Can you give us <laughs> some examples of some how you ensure that the ship was being efficient with its steam? Yeah, it would start with our boilers and the type of steam we wanted to use, other than the size and the configuration, because our heating source was the reactor, obviously, as opposed to a some sort of gas, uh, they're not much different than a boiler that's used in other industries. One major difference that I could think of right away is an economizer not being found in our ship, but might be found on industrial boilers. And in my short time here, I've had several customers ask us how we could get them to be more efficient with their systems, or at least gain more insight into their energy usage. Does Sparks ha have anything to offer that could help them with that? They do indeed. Uh, Spark Sarco does have the capability to do energy audits for customers. We could send one of our subject matter experts to meet with your customer and the local Spark Sarco sales engineer 
to get into the facility and really just get a full understanding of how the steam is being used. They start off in the boiler house where the steam is generated, and they look at the pipelines and drip legs of how the steam is being dis- distributed, and at the final point where the steam is being consumed at its process. And then hopefully there's condensate that's being returned or leftover heat that's being reused, and they can uh, go over that and get some good conditions and numbers and stuff so they can build a report on energy usage. It'll give suggestions on how to make the system more efficient or hopefully some cost-effective solutions that can be added to the plant. Okay. Is there anything in the boiler house specifically that can be used to help save energy? Of course. Once a plant burns their initial fuel in the boiler and becomes blue gas, this gas still has residual heat and can be used to preheat incoming feed. This is done by a specialized heat exchanger, which is known as an economizer, which you mentioned earlier. Since incoming feed water becomes hotter now, then there's less fuel that's needed to generate the water inside the boiler to um, become steam. This can help, say, like an energy manager with their sustainability and carbon reduction goals. Okay, that sounds an awful like an exhaust vent condenser, right? Right. Very similar idea. Our exhaust vent condenser, we call it EVC. It preheats makeup or process water by utilizing the waste heat that would otherwise be lost to the atmosphere. It allows for, for high efficiency heat transfer and reduces carbon emissions and helps you cut your energy bill at the end of the month. They're a really great install for wherever steam is being vented to atmosphere, such as the top of a generator tank or wherever you have excess flash steam. Yeah, and that's absolutely great because appearance can mean a lot in this business, whether it's steam venting off the roof of a building or through cooling stacks, it just looks bad. Even though it's just water for people who might not know better, it gives off the appearance of pollution. Yeah, here uh, I have a quick story about the appearance of solution. I live in Orlando, and before I started working for Spark Sarco, I would drive by this really huge power plant that provides power for most of the greater central Florida area. And it has two huge cooling towers that looks eerily similar to Three Mile Island. And it definitely freaked me out living here, to be honest. I really thought it was just pollution that was being sent out into the atmosphere. And it wasn't until much later, working at Spark Sarco, that I learned it was just flash steam. But others who are not privy to that really makes them nervous driving by and makes them wonder about what this company is doing, you know? Right. And that's just a perfect example. In addition to making the public feel more comfortable, these methods are another way to save fuel and reduce emissions. The government's always looking for businesses and corporations to reduce their emissions. And fuel is only going to continue to get more expensive as resources become more scarce. Since we're condensing steam that would otherwise be sent to the atmosphere, we're also able to collect and reuse that condensate, thus increasing sustainability by saving on water. Taking proactive steps now will definitely have long-term benefits. Is there any other way we could get use out of flu exhaust? You can. It just depends on the application. If there's enough heat in the flu exhaust, it could be used to superheat steam. By superheat steam, I mean steam that just has higher temperature than its saturation level at a given pressure. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Where at saturation, water can exist as both liquid and steam at the same pressure and temperature. Just like a pot of water, the exact moment where it starts to boil is the point of saturation. The water has absorbed enough energy to become steam without a sensible change in temperature 
which we also call waiting heat. Yeah, boiling pot of water is a perfect example, and I'm pretty sure that you stole it from our Steam 100 class. <laughs> but another point here is that boilers alone cannot generate superheat because the steam in the boiler is in constant contact with the water. In water tube boilers, the superheater may be a totally additional pendant suspended in kind of the furnace area where the hot gases will provide a degree of superheat that's required. In other cases, a separately fired superheater may be needed to provide that additional heat. What type of applications would you use superheat for? We always try to minimize case of superheat on the ship. Right. So as you mentioned, on the ship, you're pretty limited to your applications, mainly due to the size of the ship. There are other sites or customers where size is just a really huge factor. A really good example is refineries. Some refineries stretch miles and miles, and they're so large that you have to drive, literally get in a car, drive from one side of the site to the other. So to ensure all the steam doesn't lose its energy or its heat from the boiler house to its point of use, the steam needs to start off as superheat. Superheated steam travels closer to the point of use. The temperature will get closer to saturation because it loses some of its temperature and heat due to radiation loss and piping frictions. If there is not enough superheat, then the steam can come, become wet and the moisture can just have really bad effects in the system. But if there's too much superheat, then you're probably going to need a desuperheater downstream to make sure that you have the appropriate amount of heat going to your point of use. Just generally speaking, superheat is just poor for heat transfer process. Right. And I mean, that was our same concern on the ship was with our heat exchangers. Superheated steam can lead to formation of drywall boiling zones close to the tube sheet. And then this drywall area can quickly become scaled and fouled and result in a high temperature along the wall, which can result in tube failure. And no one's going to like that. And while on board the ship, we only technically ever used superheated steam in our turbines. The saturated steam would become superheated steam for the vacuum conditions that we kept it at resulting in us being able to get more energy out of the steam for use. How did you use superheated steam for the turbine to work, just out of curiosity? Yeah, so the turbines generally have a number of stages to them. The exhaust from the first rotor will be directed into the second, so on and so forth. This means that saturated steam would get wetter and wetter as it goes through the successive stages. So not only would this promote water hammer, but the water particles would cause severe erosion within the turbine itself. The solution is to supply the turbine with superheated steam at the inlet and use the energy in the superheated portion to drive the rotor until the temperature and pressure conditions are closer to saturation where it's exhausted from the turbine. Okay, I think I see. So the steam here is being used as energy to rotate the turbine. Is that correct? Yes, the energy and the steam is imparted onto the turbine blade specifically, which turns it into rotational mechanical energy, which is then used to turn the generator or the propeller for the ship. The turbine exhaust is then either condensed and sent back as feed water, or another option is to use the energy that still exists in that low pressure exhaust steam in another process. Using the steam in another process is obviously a lot more efficient than simply condensing it, which would be pretty much the equivalent of just throwing away, throwing away energy. Right. And to piggyback off that, if the pressure is too low on its own, but you still want to try to get some use out of it, you can use a thermocompressor. Spark Sarko does offer a steam jet thermocompressor, 
we call it by its acronym SJT. This is where a higher pressure steam enters a thermal compressor then passes through a nozzle to create a suction upon the lower pressure seam, which results in a medium pressure seam. That's interesting, and it makes absolute perfect sense. Um, we did mention these superheaters a bit ago. Do you mind if we talk more about those? Yeah, sure. So we have several different types of these superheaters that Spirex offers. We size them based on the amount of superheat that's required, as well as the turndown ratio of flow rate. Can you define turndown for us, please? Yeah, turndown simply means the ratio of maximum flow rate to minimum flow rate. This is important so that we make sure your desuperator is sized for the expected flow rate conditions. So ideally, we want to size it to make sure it's handling a maximum conditions, such as when there is an emergency caseload of something breaking upstream, as well as handling lower flows, such as a delayed startup conditions. Actually, desuperators that we sell here, even with our sister company from here, are rated up to 50 to 1 turndown, which means we can handle almost all the flow conditions that are out there. Excellent. Uh, what are the different types of desuperators? Yes, yeah, so we sell many different types of desuperators, including fixed area and variable area desuperators. We have spray type, venturi, and even atomizing desuperators that we can offer to our customers. We really just go based off of the conditions for the customer, and one style just may be more appropriate than another. We have really great superheater that has a built-in water side control valve, and this helps save the cost on piping installation because you have everything piped up to one singular unit. And this is really great for maintenance purposes, and maintenance managers love it. That's really cool. We have so many different options for our customers, and I assume these superheaters are only designed to get within about 10 degrees above saturation. Right. Yeah, it's important that there's a little bit of superheat at the discharge of the superheater so that dry steam can be utilized for the downstream process. Otherwise, like we mentioned earlier, you may end up with wet steam. Or if you have too much superheat, then you won't have a good heat transfer process. Okay. So as we wrap things up here, hopefully this helped you learn a little bit more about the different types of steam and how you can use them efficiently. Ultimately, we hope that we've inspired you with your sustainability goals with the added benefit of potentially saving you on cost. Yeah, and again, if you want to reach out to us for us to help you with your system, you can get in touch with your local Spirex sales engineer by going to spirexarco.com US. Thanks and hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and join us again soon. If you have any questions about the content covered in this podcast, please reach out to us or your local Spirex Sarco engineer at www.spirexsarco.com slash US. Follow Spirex Sarco USA on LinkedIn and watch for future episodes coming online soon.